With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant, and there's Jerry, so it's Stuff You Should Know. Howdy. Hey. Hey, this is a, a uh, fan recommendation. Really? Yes. Aaron Mullins from the Max FunCon cruise mm-hmm. that I went on last year Yeah. Uh, works with termites, I believe. Like a termite circus? Yeah, he runs a termite circus. No, but he said he said, "Dude, you got it. You should do termites." He said they're really fascinating. They are pretty fascinating. And I said, "Yeah, we'll get to it, buddy." And uh, here we are. So, Aaron Mullins, this one's for you. Way to go, Mullins! <laughs> yeah, this is a good suggestion. I mean, it's termites. I can't tell you how many people went. Eh, I'm not listening to that one. Well, a mistake. They just lost out. And yeah. all of you, dear listeners, the ones who are hearing our voices talk about termites, you are very blessed. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, the the fact of the podcast thing that we like to do, I had a hard time picking out like five or six. Ooh. I don't know. Don't give them away. I won't. Let's just take them in stride, huh? Okay. So, Chuck. Yes. Are you familiar with termites? <laughs> I am. This one's not going to have a good intro. I got a good intro. Okay. As a matter of fact, this is a Tracy Wilson joint. Yeah. She had a pretty good intro. She points out that termites are kind of uh, paradoxes. Sure. Or t- the concept of termites is a paradox and that... They are extremely um, vulnerable to changes in temperature, changes in humidity. They can dry out and die. They die of like dehydration pretty easy. Yeah, they're not super hardy. Right. Yet they they. Uh, but they can be. They they can be. Yeah. Uh, they can also like fell an entire house given enough time. Yeah. Um. They uh, they develop wings. Some of them do, but they're not really good at flying. This yeah. is a lot like cicadas. Oh yeah, you remember? Like sure. they were, we saw those things firsthand, just flying terribly. Yeah, um, and then uh, soldier termites, for example. Yeah, <clears throat> very strong, mm-hmm. huge mandibles and pincers. Yeah, yeah, they can't even feed themselves. They're like big babies. Yeah, there's just a lot of things going on with termites. You think you understand them? Oh, but what about this part? Bam! Right. That's kind of what happens when you look into them. That's why they're fascinating. That's why Aaron Mullins. Mullins. Recommended it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Should we get into it? You, you know what's sad is there's just going to be an awkward pause in the podcast because people couldn't see me looking at you like, what's the guy's <laughs> name? That's right. We can we can tighten that up with the magic of editing. Jerry, will you tighten that up? 
No, says Jerry. All righty. So, yes, let's get into this, Chuck. Let's talk termites. All right. I guess uh, usually when we do these, um, we've done cockroaches and uh, fleas and uh, – or did we do fleas? We did ticks. Yeah, we've done ticks. We've done bees. God, don't, have we not done fleas? We need to do that. Are you sure? Yeah. Remember, ticks was like the most boring episode we've ever done. No, but people went crazy for it. And it's because of the T-shirt offer. Remember, if you yeah, made it true. all the way through that one, you got a free T-shirt? <laughs> Incentive. Uh, anyway, we usually start with uh, anatomy, and that's a good place for termites, obviously. Uh, they are insects, and you're going to find them. You can really find them anywhere where it doesn't, you don't go into a hard freeze in the winter. Right. But they are most common in uh, tropical environments, or most abundant, I guess. Well, they make their range all the way into temperate climates, though, too. Yeah, I mean, we've got yeah. them here, of course. Sure. And uh, we freeze in the winter. Yeah, but like the ground doesn't freeze all the way through. No, no, no. And yeah. not for prolonged periods Yeah, either. Um, they look like ants a lot of times. But they're not even that closely related to ants. Well, no, they're more closely related to cockroaches. Right. I think that's where they came from. Yeah. Uh, and they've been around for uh, about 50 million years. And there are nearly 3,000 species of termites. Yep. So that's just a little background. Uh, we should also say termites are extraordinarily social insects. That's how they oh, yeah. survive. Like sure. one termite is, like we said, an extremely vulnerable organism. But if you put hundreds of thousands or millions upon millions of these things together in yeah. a single colony, they get the job done. Yeah, they are social and there's, they're very structured. Um, some similarities to bees in that there is a definite social ladder. Uh, in there. It's called a cast, actually. Uh, for termites, and they all have little jobs that they do, and they all have their distinct physical features, mm -hmm. uh, one from another, which is kind of neat. Um, so I guess we can start with the reproducers. Or reproductives. The egg layers. Right. In, uh, in any colony, you have one king and one queen, and they're um, easily distinguishable from the rest because they're the only ones who are really dark in color. Yeah. The reason they're the only ones that are dark in color is because they're the only ones that are fully mature in the entire colony. The only ones. It's crazy. That's one of the facts of the show for me. Bam. Yeah. Uh, but the king and queen aren't the only ones who can lay eggs. Soldiers and workers, which we'll talk about in a second, they're both sterile. So they got nothing going on with the sexy stuff. Nothing. But the king and queen have kind of backup support with laying eggs. They're secondary and tertiary reproducers. Yeah. Tertiary, by the way, is like one of the great overlooked Wonderful words. I love that word. <clears throat> me too. Yeah. Uh, here's, to me, another fact of the podcast. Okay. The king and the queen have eyes, and the rest of them are blind. Okay. Not all of them are blind, though, because I read somewhere else that that wasn't quite right. Yeah, I did too, man. That basically, if you um, develop wings, what is it, an allite? Yeah. Um, you When you develop those wings, you also develop eyes. Okay. You're like, holy cow, I can see now. Because they got these wings. Well, I guess if you're going to fly, you got to see. Right. So I guess at the at the point where there's just a king and queen, there's no allates. Yeah. The king and queen may be the only ones with eyes. I think you're right. And it's also possible that t Tracy was talking about specific species. Like there's 3,000 species. Sure. So it's possible some species, only the king and queen have eyes at any right. given time. True. Uh, the rest, uh, the blind ones, that is, navigate with uh, smell, yeah. scent, and uh, with... Moisture trails and moisture and saliva is big in the termite world, yeah. as we will find throughout the podcast. There's a lot of regurgitating and spitting out 
to accomplish their needs. Yeah, their saliva is kind of magical. Yeah. Not only do they use it to keep their eggs moist, they salivate on their eggs. Mm-hmm. They also use it for things like building. Yeah. Um, like shoring up the c- interior of their little, you know, caves and yeah, tunnels. Yeah. Building their entire mounds. Yeah. They use their spit for that too. It's magic stuff. It is magic. So that's the reproductives. Yeah. Oh, and you also, um, you mentioned, um, that they navigate, the ones that can't see navigate through scent using pheromones. Yeah. And, um, the king and queen produce a certain type of pheromone, uh, that kind of controls how the colony's population is at any given time. Yeah, it's really amazing. Like if they need, and bees are sort of like this too, if mm-hmm. they need uh, more soldiers, then they uh, deposit the pheromone that makes more soldiers. If they need more workers, then they're going to use the pheromone, pheromone that makes more workers. Right. The awesome difference, though, was with bees, they went through and either laid an egg that had been fertilized with sperm yeah. to make a male, or else they laid an egg that wasn't fertilized to make a female. And that's how they they made different kinds of yeah. bees. With termites, a termite might actually regress in development, go back to the starting point yeah. to become a nymph again, or a larva, I think, and then start over and then molt and go from maybe being a worker to a soldier or something. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's, Depend- cool. it's all carried out by pheromones. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about soldiers. Uh, yeah, they are obviously named so because they are the defenders of the nest and um, they're invaders. And when I say defenders, they're not going to be like fight off a bat or an aardvark. No, they're going to lose that battle. <laughs> but they can defend against other uh, termites and ants and yeah. things like that. And which is um, good. what's his name? Uh, Aaron Mullins. Mullins. <laughs> Was right to say that termites are fascinating because there's some stuff that wasn't in this article about soldiers. So we said that termites are extremely social. Yeah. They're so social that they actually display suicidal behavior that benefits the colony. So some workers in some species develop this blue sack filled with this blue toxic fluid. Uh-huh. And as they age, they kind of lose their purpose Socially speaking, right? Uh, they can't harvest as much stuff. Like everybody, kind of. <laughs> you know, but the big difference is that when we age, we don't come across a an attacker and kill ourselves by um, blowing the sack up and spraying the attacker with toxic chemicals. So when they don't have their purpose anymore, they could, like fall on the sword for the sake of the colony. Exactly. Wow. And there's um, another kind that's a soldier that's really good at pooping. Yeah. And they shoot their poop onto enemies. Really? Which is a pretty, <laughs> that's pretty amazing. You're going to be hard pressed to find too many other bugs that can accurately aim and shoot their poop. Yeah. And ward off other enemies. Wow. Those are termites. All right. That's pretty fantastic. Um, was they, that a fact of the podcast? Uh, it ranks. Okay. Um, so aside from pooping on, uh, other ones, they have the largest mandibles, which are the little pincers. Uh, to battle the ants and other termites. Mm-hmm. And their heads might be a little darker than their bodies, but they're not going to be dark like the king and queen. Yeah, just the heads. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we talked about the the spittle and the regurgitation. Uh, it can be uh, toxic and sticky, like a, like a trap for another termite, mm-hmm. or just flat out kill them with the toxicity. It burns. It's like you're coming into my joint. I'm going to either poop on you or right. vomit on you this toxic acid. Or explode my blue sack on you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's right. So then you have the workers. Yeah. And sadly, the workers are exactly what you think. They are 
blind. They're the they're probably the ones you see most often if you get like a, a rotten log or something. Yeah, the little milky, creamy looking dudes mm-hmm. that just work, and that's all they do. They eat wood and they uh, poop it back out. Um, they do have mandibles, but they're not as big as the soldiers. Um, and they dig tunnels. They gather food. They care. They babysit. The king and queen and soldiers can't even feed themselves. The workers have to feed the other termites right. ab- above them. And what's cool is termites can't even eat their own food. They need help from microorganisms for that. Yeah. So cellulose, which is the um, glucose polymer, very uh, tight glucose polymer that provides structure to all plants. Yeah, you like that tree? Thank you. Yeah, that's cellulose. That's, you can thank cellulose. It would for that. be a big lump if it wasn't for cellulose. Grass is another one. Yeah. It's got cellulose. Um, and the termites can't eat, they can eat the cellulose, but they can't break it down. Just like we can't. We can eat, um, sucrose. Sure. Because we, our bodies produce sucrase, yeah. which breaks sucrose down into glucose, which we use for energy. Sure. Same thing with the termites. Their bodies don't produce uh, cellulase, which breaks down cellulose like we don't either. Like right. you can sit there and eat wood all day long, and <laughs> it's just going to come out the other end exactly that that same way. I've done it. Give you splinters on the way, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not nice. And it's the same thing with the termites. But the big difference between us and the termites, the termites have this hindgut yeah. that contains microorganisms that break down the cellulose into glucose that it can use. That's right, and that's... Uh, the only thing in here I thought was a good, decent band name. Hindgut? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's not bad. Uh, so the, uh, the organisms are bacteria and protozoans and they can't live without one another. Like the protozoans and bacteria can't live without the termite either. Yeah. That's another cool Symbiosis. thing about termites. Yeah. And it's not just these micro, bi- uh, micro bacteria that, um, that they have a symbiotic relationship with. Some termites have symbiotic relationship with the fungus that we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, like, they're pretty, they're, they're harmonious folks. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. I like that about them. Uh, mostly they're categorized by where they live. Uh, they can be subterranean if they nest underground. Um, they are primitive if they are <clears throat> kind of like the ones you find in the rotten log. Those are primitive. Yeah. The, um, three quarters of all termite species are, um, higher. Yeah. Termites. Yeah. And it's, it's, not just their physical evolution, but also their behavioral evolution. The higher ones are the mound builders, whereas primitive termites are the ones that make a nest where they're eating, like in a hollowed out log. Yeah. The big problem with that, and this is why they're not as highly evolved, is that when the log runs out, the colony's like, oh, we're dead. Yeah, I, I was surprised that they didn't like move on to another log or That's something. That's why they're primitive. Yeah, I guess so. In this sense, primitive equals dumb. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, one thing we didn't mention about the king and queen that I thought was kind of neat, too, is that... uh they are monogamous, and um, the queen can store sperm in her body enough to keep reproducing without right. sex, but she still throws the old man a bone, even though <laughs> she doesn't need to. Yeah, she's like, I have enough sperm, but come on, you know, let's let's go do it. Right, right. You know, that's probably what she says. And the king is just, you know, I imagine very appreciative of that. Sure, you know, I think that's cute about them. It's good to be the king. They're they're very social. Um, so let's see. When we're talking about reproduction, right? Well, yeah, I guess we might as well go at it. It was a pretty, <laughs> it was a pretty good segue, Chuck. Thank you. So, um, you've got an egg, 
Yes. Let's just look at one individual termite. Okay. The the termite is born an egg. Yeah. And out of the egg emerges a larva. Mm -hmm. And from the larval stage, a couple of molts go on and you enter the nymph stage. And I believe it's the nymph stage that's the real... Like this is where it's like the stem cell st- stage. It can right. like a, a any termite. There's no determination whatsoever. Any termite can become any member of the cast. Yeah, like once you're born, that little egg can be a, a worker or a soldier. Right, or or even a, a reproductive. Yeah, that's true. So, um, in the nymph stage, they go through a few more molts. Say, if they're going to become a worker, they'll molt maybe once. Yeah. If they molt another time after that, they can become a soldier. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly what process uh, takes place for them to become a reproductive because obviously some sort of sexual, um, emergence has to take place. Probably a screen test. Maybe so. (laughs) And, um, those are the three casts. And then from the reproductives, Depending on, you know, what takes place, they can become secondary or tertiary or the king and the queen. Yeah. And like you said earlier, which is, I think, one of the facts of the show for sure, is that they can go backward and they don't like reverse aging or anything. But it is a reverse molt where a regressive molt where they can go from soldier back to worker. Right. They go. They would go soldier back to nymph, I think, and then to Worker. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, you have to go two steps back to go one step forward. You gotta go to home base. Pretty much. Okay. But, so there's, like we said, every colony has one king and one queen. Um, but sometimes it's not enough. Like the colony may get too big. Yeah. And so when that happens, some of the reproductives, the secondary or tertiary reproductives, will start to grow wings and possibly eyes as well. And that's probably pretty freaky. I'm sure it's kind of weird they spent their life see. that certain way and all of a sudden they're like, whoa. Yeah. This thing's coming out of my back. It's like The Fly. Right. You know? What's happening to you, Todd? The movie The Fly. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I knew what you were saying. Okay. Just intuitively I did. Yeah, we did one on flies too, didn't we? Yes, we did. Okay. That one's pretty interesting. The too. insect suite. Right. So as the as your friend is starting to grow wings and eyes. And you're not. Right. You're like, well, I guess I'll stay here. Yeah. We can't see it though, at least. Right. You know? Right. You can hear it though. Are you growing wings? I'm not growing wings. I can hear you growing. It sounds wings. like wings. Yeah. No, don't worry about it. But the other difference, uh, with your friend is that he or she is suddenly attracted to light, which is unusual with termites. Yeah. Light equals dried out. So they're, they're normally like away from the light. They're not big on the light. Yeah. Now they are attracted to light, which means that they all start to kind of hang out around the entrance of the colony. Yeah, like what's out there. Yep. And then maybe one warm day, a humid day, possibly after a rain, mm-hmm. a day that they're not going to dry out, maybe after sundown, they all stumble out of the colony, yeah. do some terrible flying, yeah. and try to go find other mates. Yeah, and that's called a swarm, and that is called a nuptial flight, and uh, for obvious reasons that we will see here in a second. Right. And um, that's their only flight. And it's not like they just fly around. Like, that's it. The, the only reason they yeah. have those wings is to kind of get from the nest to another termite. Right. And apparently yeah. the vast majority of them are going to oh, be yeah. eaten. Bat food or frog food or yeah. whatever. Right. Lots of things eat termites, including but people. Some do survive. Yeah. And the other interesting thing is one colony will swarm at the same time another colony way far away. Yeah. Um, will swarm. 
And uh, scientists think that this is a way that they keep the gene pool deep. Yeah, that wide. makes total sense. Yeah. So, like, you just mate with someone from another colony. Right. And, uh, you know, it's like a tea party. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? It's like a social, like a... Like oh, a oh, box speed, speed dating, yeah. Yeah. Ice cream social. <laughs> Ice cream social. So... Speed dating. You find a little mate. A male goes out. He sees a female, a late, that he likes. Yeah. I don't think we said a late is uh, Latin for wing. And um, they land. They break their wings off. So now they're called uh, delates. And they say, hey, you're kind of cute. You want to go, like, see if we can make a go of this? And she says, sure. Let's go found a colony. Exactly. So they look for a shelter. They dig into a hole. Um, and then they seal it with, like, to set the mood. They don't want, like, light coming in there. They seal it with <laughs> poop and saliva. Yeah, their poop is also, their poop and their saliva are really handy. Super handy. He's just like, let me take care of this. Right. Like, it's windy. Let me go poop and seal up my our door. Right. With my, Mix it with my spit. And yeah. And maybe it building some material. wood and soil. Yeah. And uh, then they have a little love nest and they mate and the new queen lays her eggs. What's cute is like this, this uh, and now they're the new king and the new queen. Yeah. Of this colony that they just founded. That's right. And the first generation, like they're James going Down. to. Kind of. But not really. No. Uh, it's kind of like the opposite of Jamestown. There's a lot of birth. Yes. Um, so the, 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 the king and the queen will take care of this first generation until they have enough workers to take over the duties. Yeah, then they get lazy. And then they just, yeah, they go back and the queen, the queen doesn't exactly get lazy. She's laying thousands of eggs every day. Yeah, the, the most prolific. Um, that's like the high end for sure, but yeah, right. it can happen. Well, and it takes about two to four years for a colony to become fully mature. Yeah. Um, and depending on whether it's a primitive or a higher, uh, termite species, there can be tens of thousands or millions of individuals in this mature colony. Yeah. And then eventually, uh, it becomes clear that they need to swarm again and the whole process just takes over again. Yeah. And, uh, the king and queen will find out later they live, um, in the, deepest, safest part of their nest, whatever it may be. Right. Um, and here, I think to me, is finally the, the fact of the podcast. What? Queens can live to be 25 years old. Okay, buddy. If you thought that was the fact of the podcast. 25 years old for an insect? I saw elsewhere 60 to 70 years really? old. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Man, that is crazy. Yeah. So that's for the queen only. Um, but even the workers can live two to five years, which is... Pretty impressive. Yeah, in the insect world? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's, of course, barring accident and, you know, well, bats and frogs. And it'll be the people. same thing with us. Once we overcome aging, you'll yeah. still be able to die from an accident. As you yeah, know. and I keep saying people eat them. I didn't look into it that much, but it's they're definitely on the menu in a lot of countries. Um, I think, is it the United States and Europe and Canada are the only countries that don't eat insects? I think so. In the world. Yeah. And uh, if you're need to survive. I know if you've watched Survivor Man, uh, a termite nest is like a really great thing to happen upon hmm. if you're like trapped in the woods. A lot of protein. Yeah. And if you're an aardvark or an anteater, yeah. oh, same yeah. deal. Exactly. So you've got your colony and they need a place to live. They don't just yeah. wander around. They're not Bedouins. Right. They've built a nest, but they haven't really built their home yet. <laughs> their shelter. They've got the house, but they haven't made it a home? Kind of. Okay. Or they haven't expanded it into a city. Okay. Good They've point. established a house. Right. It's on the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Now they need to build the infrastructure. Yeah, and a society, basically. Exactly. 
And once they raise that first generation of workers, then it starts to take over and the colony grows exponentially from there. Yeah, um, their nests are going to be called, they all build nests no matter what species. They're called uh, termitaries or uh, termitaria. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though they all build nests, they can be quite different depending on what the species is and where you find them. Yeah. Uh, like we said, the primitives are going to be living in the wood that they're consuming until it's gone and then they die. And uh, they are categorized according to the wood that they like to eat, which is kind of cool. Yeah, like uh, damp, dry, or rotten. Yeah. They probably love that stuff. Sure. The rotten stuff. Uh, and then you talked earlier about the fungi that they share their home with and bacteria, mm. which is pretty cool. That's very much symbiosis as well. Well, actually, it's not. Symbiosis. No, it is. So There's- the fungi can't live without the termites? There is a, yeah. Okay. There's a, um, there's a specific type of termite, uh, macro terminitinae. Macro You sounded like an islander. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got it though. I right. got it. So, um, they actually grow mushrooms. Like they garden. They, that that they, was one of the facts of the podcast too. Yeah, isn't that neat? Yeah. They grow these specific types of mushrooms that eventually grow out of the termite mound. The termites grow these. And the reason the termites grow them is because this fungus um, helps to break down the cellulosic material that the mound is built against. So they're, they're growing these mushrooms to help them break this stuff down so they can in turn eat it more efficiently. Yeah, they're actually gardening. It's really amazing. Yeah, it is. I, what's his name? Aaron Mullins. He was right. <laughs> they are fascinating. Uh, so we'll get to the mounds in a second, uh, but we'll cover subterranean now. They are the ones underground, obviously. And it's uh, sort of like when you've looked at like the little ant farms that you buy, all the little series of tubes and caves mm-hmm. and tunnels. Um, that's what they're building down there. Uh, some, they have galleries for storage and for classroom education and raising the young. Right. And then they have, uh, they obviously live down there as well. And then they connect it all together. Sometimes they connect it to their food source. Like yeah. they'll build a nest near a tree root that connects right to it and they can just tap right into it. Yeah. And then I guess, does that kill the tree eventually? Well, it just it disintegrates the tree. It's not there any longer. Yeah. Uh, but it's a already dead tree. They, they eat rotting wood or dead wood. I don't think they eat live wood. Okay. So this is just like an old root, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the, the, they, they'll build their, um, their nests such that if it's cold out. Yeah. They'll, it'll be deep enough that they can all migrate down. Yeah. To a warmer spot in the earth. Yeah. There's like different areas within the colony that they'll take root. Right. And if it's, if it's hot out or something, they'll, um, they'll maybe go to like part of the colony that's under the shade of a tree or something like that. I mean, they're pretty complex. Yeah, and if they are building their nest underground and they come upon a big slab of rock or something, mm-hmm. they build little uh, what's called shelter tubes about the size of a pencil in diameter, and they, um, they're they basically just little alternate highways, like detours. Well, yeah, it's like um, it, it's an extension of the nest that protects the termites from exposure to sunlight or the air or anything like that. Well, yeah, but a lot of times it's to get around something, too. Right. But rather than having to like crawl up over the rock and be exposed, they yeah. build this, this basically like a, a tunnel. The tunnel? Uh, it's like, um, it's like the opposite of a tunnel. It's, it's exposed. It's above ground. So like, let's say you have a subterranean colony, Chuck. Yeah. And, uh, here's the ground 
and an inch above the ground is your house, but between the ground and your house uh-huh. is cement, the slab that your house is built on. Yeah. They may build a, um, what's it called? A shelter tube? Yeah. From the ground, from their nest, uh-huh. to your house. And it's just like an extension of their, their colony, of their subterranean nest. Okay. So those are the subs. There are also mounds. I encourage you to Google giant termite mound. Yeah. And see some of these things that are like 20 feet tall. Some of them are uncannily like houses. They look like human houses. Yeah. It's and really neat. Like, uh, you'll find these in Africa. You're not going to find these in Georgia or anything like that. No. Not this tall. But, um, they are domed, towered structures and they are made up of soil and excrement and poop and saliva mm-hmm. and all the moisture that glue-like moisture they can secrete, I guess. Right. And uh, some of them are little nests, like on the side of stumps or trees, but some of them are just freestanding out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and like freestanding and structurally sound. Oh, like, yeah, they'll survive longer than the termites will. Yeah, they can survive um, brush fires. I've seen pictures of brush fires that just went past the termite mound. Yeah. Um, floods. The flood will kill the termite colony, but the, the mound itself will remain intact. And they also have a built-in heating and cooling system, a ventilation system, yeah. where they build chimneys into the mounds, and there's ventilation shafts coming in the other way, and it forces heat out and cool air in. And there's actually a, um, a mixed-use development in uh, Harare, Zimbabwe, uh-huh. called Eastgate Center, and it has no central HVAC. It uses termite-inspired chimney ducts. For heating and cooling of this place. It's pretty cool. Wow. So they just got their idea mm-hmm. from like how they do their work? Yeah, it's like uh, biomimicry. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, st- we talked about that before. Yeah, I don't think we ever did an episode on it, no. though. Add it to the list, my friend. <laughs> um, so another way that termites, you know, they're going to get eaten a lot, uh, but that is another way that they benefit um, the ecosystem. If you are part of the food chain and other animals are going to eat you and poop you out, then you're doing your job. Right. Sadly. But termites also eat other animals' poop. Yeah. They eat herbivores' poop because there's frequently cellulosic material left over, and the termites eat that. If they're cellulose, they're going to eat it. They don't care if it's poop. Yeah, and they play a really vital role to the um, to their ecosystems. In some places, termites are the only things breaking down cellulosic material. Yeah, like but, a fallen tree. Sure. Yeah. Um, or animal poop that would build up otherwise if the termites didn't eat it. Yeah. Um, so they, they they have a really bad, they get a bad rap among humans, but apparently 90% of the species are beneficial. Uh, yeah, that's true. And I guess this is the point where we should get into the sad part, which is if you want to prevent termites from yeah. coming to where you live or get rid of them if they are there. But um, right after this message break. Ooh. Hey, everyone. The Easter Bunny is coming early this year. That's right. Easter is Sunday, March 31st. And with free in-store pickups, CVS makes it easy to get everything you need for brilliant baskets and happier hunts. You can find delightful toys, Peeps-themed egg decorators, pre-filled Easter eggs packed with goodies, and so much more. So hop to it and get your order fast with free CVS pickup. Visit cvs.com slash Easter for details. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. 
Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric. Cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. If you have a wood house, the termite doesn't know that it's not just a fallen log. Right. It's dead wood as far as they're concerned, and it, it's on the menu, especially if that wood is making direct contact with the ground. Yeah, it's always a good thing not to have happen. It's a good starting point for a termite, though. Um, so around the world where termites are really, really bad, you might even see a house built on stilts with, like, metal posts mm-hmm. so the termites can't get up in there. Um, it's not nearly like that around here, but it sounds like Africa and Australia – have like some serious, serious problems. Yeah. With termites. Right. Is and it Australia? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, those are the places where is. you will see like a, a stilt with metal around it because of termites, which makes sense because if there's enough termites, there's not a lot you can do. No. So you just take preventative measures and live with it. Yeah. Like before you build your house, um, these days they will treat the ground before they even break ground. Yeah. But that stuff is pretty toxic and it only lasts about five years. Yeah. Um, if you're not into that, you can, uh, say, no, thank you for the toxic treatment. I would just like to do this every few years. It's still probably pretty toxic though. Yeah. Like the way they, like I have this stuff, um, I have these little, uh, they're not traps. They're built into the ground all around my house. And the termite guy, the only reason I know he's been there is because he leaves a little note on my door mm-hmm. and said, so check your traps, but they're not traps. It's probably just leaching nasty stuff into my soil is what it's doing. Probably. Yeah, which is no good. But it works. Yeah, you don't have termites, right? <laughs> That's true. Uh, and like we said, you don't want your wood coming into direct contact with the soil. That's going to be a, a basically an open invite for termites to come in there. Uh, you don't want... But, I mean, termite prevention can be as simple as that. Yeah. If you put, like, a, a moisture barrier in your basement... Yeah, just keep it dry. It's going to keep your basement dry, and that will kill termites just in and of itself. And then if you don't have any dirt up against any wood part of your house, every once in a while you just walk around your house and make sure there's no shelter tubes crawling up to your the wood on your house. Yeah. You should be fine. Yeah, and, and before you buy your house, you're going to get a termite inspection. That's, like, one of the big things that you should do. Right. If you live in an area prone to termites, that is. But let's say let's say you do suspect that there's been a termite infestation. What are some of the signs? Uh, well, seeing termites in your house—that's <laughs> one. That means you're screwed because they're already through the wood. Especially if you see a swarm. Oh yeah, you're super screwed because that means there's so many already in your house that they have to go form another colony yeah. elsewhere in your house. Yeah, that's when it's time to call a, a termite professional. That's right. Um, they might look like ants, so if you think you have an ant problem, you want to like look extra close. And, um, yeah, flying ants. Yeah, at their waist. Um, ants have a narrower waist than termites do. Yeah. Um, ants' front wings are a lot longer than the back wings, whereas termites' wings are the same length. 
So that's another good way to um, tell. And they fold over one another to make like a straight line. Yeah. That's a big giveaway. They're too. sleek. Yes. Uh, and then the antenna. and uh, An ant's antenna is bent, and a termite's is straight and looks like little round pearls. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, look closely. Yeah, catch one. Yeah. Hold it gently. Mm-hmm. Look closely. And then, and then release it. Oh, yeah, you could do that. Um, you might, there might also be other signs, less obvious signs. Yeah. Um, like you might find little tiny wings. Yeah, around look your like windows. Flying ant wings yeah. around your windows in your lights. That's a sign that termites have been there and have already swarmed because they went from allates to deallates. Yeah. Um, it, do you have decayed wood? If you tap your wood with a hammer, does the hammer go right through it? <laughs> if so, that's a pretty good sign you have termites. You sound like a bad infomercial. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I pretty much do in every episode. No, you don't. Uh, but it can also get confused with uh, like water damage and things. Um, the way you can tell the difference is termite damage follows the grain of the wood, and it's also lined um, with wood and soil. Right. And that's obviously not the case with water damage. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, just look for the shelter tubes. That's a pretty dead giveaway, too. Like pick up a cin- cinder block, and do you see tubes and termites? Yeah. What's great, though, is if you see this, you don't need to panic. No. Like, it takes many, many, many years for termites to really do significant damage to your house. Yeah, but it, on the flip side, though, they it's often invisible until it's too late. Right. You know? So, it, like, you got to get for on For sure. If you, if you see a couple of swarms in your house, then, yeah, you need to handle that immediately. You should handle it immediately no matter what. Yeah. But if you spotted a, a shelter tube for the first time and you just also looked last week... Right. You're not necessarily in any danger. And the no. point is, is <clears throat> since it takes a while, you want to take a while in finding the right exterminator because they're going to, yeah. you're going to make friends with this person because they have <laughs> some serious work to do. Yeah. And you need an exterminator. This isn't the kind of problem you can get rid of on your own. Right. It's not for, uh, civilians. Right. To tackle. And we're not shills for exterminators either. We're no. really saying this. So you don't want to tackle it on your own. Right. Uh, you want to hire your exterminator. The first thing they're going to do is obviously verify that it is, in fact, termites and not water damage or something. They're going to hit the wood in your house with a hammer. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, they have all kinds of things, though, like heat sensors and little tiny infrared cameras they'll stick into your walls. and mm-hmm. um, Stethoscopes. They're like, I can hear them. Do they? They have sound sensors. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. It's just like a high-tech stethoscope. <laughs> uh, one of the things they can do is baits, uh, use baits, which is basically, uh, unfortunately, wood soaked in pesticide. It's poison food. And they say, hey, come here and eat this, and they eat it, and then they take it back to their colony and kill everybody. It's exactly like Snow White. It, <laughs> yeah. It's awful, though. Like, I've grown, I had grown to learn, love termites by the end of this. Right. And then I started reading about how they kill them. I'm like, that's awful. Yeah. Can't you just relocate them? I feel very much the same way. Yeah. You can't, though. No, you can't. You can't relocate them. You have to kill them. Or you could move. Just get, leave them the house? Kind of. <laughs> Why not? Uh, repellents is another thing they can use, my friend. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's just like any kind of insect repellent that keeps them from, like, if you see a swarm near your house, you're going to use a repellent. That means they're not at the house yet, and you can keep them away. Is that what your guy's doing with the little uh, trap thing or whatever? Uh, He's probably using a repellent. Yeah, it's some sort of, yeah, I don't think it's killing. It's like an ultrasonic wave that just shatters their heads. I don't know what it is. It's so weird. These little round, uh, You just when you walk by, it looks like a little round disc 
green disc. And then I've seen them pull it up, though, and it goes like, you know, six inches into the ground. I think that's probably repellent. Yeah, I think it's got to be. And the cool thing about repellents, too, is um, the ones that are already inside are trapped inside. Yeah. And they're cut off from the rest of the uh, their safe colony, which means that they probably die of dehydration pretty soon. So that's cool and very sad. <laughs> right. Well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. yeah. Okay. He called uh, me out. The final thing that they can do is just kill them with a termaticide, and that means pumping sometimes hundreds of gallons of poison crazy into their nest and killing them into your house yeah which is a thing so that's why you just move and leave them the house <laughs> you tell the bank like sorry guys i'm not paying on this anymore go hit the termites up for your monthly payment if you're brave hey everyone the easter bunny is coming early this year that's right easter is sunday march 31st and with free in-store pickups cvs makes it easy to get everything you need for brilliant baskets and happier hunts you can find delightful toys, Peeps-themed egg decorators, pre-filled Easter eggs packed with goodies, and so much more. So hop to it and get your order fast with free CVS pickup. Visit cvs.com Easter for details. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. You got anything else? <laughs> no. No? That one petered out. Yeah, it did, kind of. <laughs> We were hanging on by our fingernails there. Anymore. I wish we had one more like great fact. Let's just make one up. And then at the end, they turn into Carrot Top. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Keep going. Fact of the show. Uh, I've got one. Oh, we didn't cover the Formosan. Is that what you're going to talk about? No. Oh, okay. I didn't even highlight that one. Oh, yeah. The uh, termite poop is called frass, F-R-A-S-S. And frass is rich in magnesium. Mm-hmm. So when they poop, they enrich the soil. They're just pretty much perfect in every way, except for when they're eating your house. All right. That's a great way to end it. Frass. I'll, no, your carrot top one was the best way to end <laughs> it. So uh, let's see. If you want to learn more about termites, right? Yeah. You go type that word in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And as I said, search bar, it's time for listener mail. Uh, I'm going to call this bird killer. Uh, in our show on myth-busting common misconceptions, oh yeah, we I told the story about killing a bird, and Josh told the story about Yumi microwaving a bird. Yeah, but you say not killing, right? It eventually died. She didn't kill it in the microwave. It just died later from microwave internal uh, complications. I think, I think it just died of being <laughs> overtreated. Okay, so uh, we got a letter from Matt about that. Um, Hi guys, you broke my heart this morning. I was listening to your. Myth-busting podcast on the drive-in. I don't like this one. I read this one. I don't like it. <laughs> Should I not read it? Yeah, you can if you okay. want. It's just, oh, God. You can excuse yourself if you want to leave. No, okay. I'll sit through it. 
uh, you started talking about the mama bird, baby bird myth, and it brought tears to my eyes. Uh, you see, when I was in the fourth grade, my friend John and I were playing in the woods in the beautiful south hills of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We encountered a baby bird, and I, being an animal lover, picked it up because it was so cute. As soon as I did, I remembered that I had just doomed it to a slow death of lonely starvation because his mother would never care for it again. Uh, for some reason, even though I was and am an animal person, neither John nor I thought of raising it ourselves. Instead, we thought we would spare it a horrible slow death by smashing it with a cinder block, which we did. Just so you know, guys, I haven't killed an animal since, and I am not a serial killer currently. Until this morning, I actually thought that we did the right thing. So this dude from the fourth grade until last week thought that he had, like, spared this bird. Euthanasia. Yep. Uh, now I can't stop thinking about the mama bird watching from high in a tree as we smashed her baby with the cinder block. So thanks for that. Also, I have an anti-joke. We got a lot of anti-jokes, by the way. We did. Apparently, there's some, like, established anti-jokes. Yeah, the the rabbits in the bathtub. I didn't see that one. Two rabbits in the bathtub. One said, hey, pass me the soap. And the other one said, what do I look like, a typewriter? <laughs> right, so that one didn't do it. I like this one, though. Uh, a man walks into a bar. He's an alcoholic, and it's destroying his family. Oh, yeah, I saw that one, <laughs> too, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, though, guys, thanks for the best podcast around. And that is from Matt. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate that. Sorry kind to of. burst your bubble, my friend. No, actually, I don't appreciate that one at all. No. Uh, if you want to send something that traumatizes Chuck or me, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can uh, send us an email to StuffPodcastTheDiscovery.com. And as always, you can hang out with us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, Netflix streams TV shows and movies directly to your TV, computer, wireless device, or game console. You can get a 30-day free trial membership. Go to www.netflix.com slash stuff and sign up now. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey, everyone. The Easter Bunny is coming early this year. That's right. Easter is Sunday, March 31st. And with free in-store pickups, CVS makes it easy to get everything you need for brilliant baskets and happier hunts. You can find delightful toys, Peeps-themed egg decorators, pre-filled Easter eggs packed with goodies, and so much more. So hop to it and get your order fast with free CVS pickup. Visit cvs.com Easter for details.